Welcome to Covenant Church's Sermon Discussion. This conversation happens most Wednesdays on Facebook Live between me, Michelle Lichty, the Communication Director at Covenant, and the Preaching Pastor from the previous Sunday. If you haven't already, I recommend listening to the sermon before listening to our discussion. Well, good afternoon. I am Michelle Lichty, and I am here with Andrew Patton. Hi, Michelle. Good hey. to be here with you today. Good to be with you. This is a first. I'm so excited. A first for me, and what number for you? I mean, you've oh, been doing I don't this know. for quite some time. I have been, yes. And David Henderson, who preached on Sunday, is out of town this week. And so you have graciously offered to step in to discuss with me the sermon on kingdom giving. Yes, amen. Looking forward to that. Yes. So in case you um, forgot, the sermon was based on Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 and 14 through 19. And in it, David shared um, three uh, overall principles for kingdom giving. So Andrew and I are going to talk about those today. So let's start with the first one. Let's see if I have this. Well, I was going to say, let's see if I have this right, if our notes agree. And then I realized, oh, you took a picture of my notes. Exactly. <laughs> so yes. Of my notes agree. Well, hopefully, right? <laughs> so the principle number one is giving is cause for joy, not cause for apprehension. Yeah. Yeah, and I think one of the things that I wrote down is that we can experience a failure of imagination and imagining the joy that others experience when we give our gift. Because it does, it can feel very disconnected, especially in this day and age when we haven't had the offering plate being passed around at church or we've been worshiping from home and we're giving online or mailing in our checks or dropping them in the offering plate after the service. Yes. Yeah. And I, I would say it's, and you know, this it's, it's why stories are so important. And, mm-hmm. you know, I would point to uh, Julie Williams consistency and the mission partnership team with each week through the e-news Uh, just bringing us into what difference our giving is actually making locally and and around the world. And I think that's one of the the best examples. Mm -hmm. So I think think as we can share stories and uh, use our imaginations as to what difference this is making in the world. And again, I love David talking about really this partnership uh, between Mm -hmm. God and between us as he works through us imaginatively you know, to, uh, to, to give, that's where I just am encouraged as I hear the stories of, of how our lives being changed as a result of what we are releasing that belongs to God anyway. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Um, I think one the, his, his question for this principle that giving is a cause for joy is, have I experienced the joy that comes from giving? And I would love to hear your, do you have a personal story that you could tell about how you have experienced that joy? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great question. And I think, I think just very briefly, you know, where I started in regard to giving when I first became a follower of Christ and learning about the tithe, um, it really was all about, hey, can I keep the rules? 
Can I do what God has asked me to do so that I am, you know, living for him and being accepted by him, by the way, kind of this bad theology um, early on. And as time went on and I learned that this was really about cheerfully giving, joyfully giving um, to the to the Lord, um, just how important, uh, you know, that that that, that was. And um, I think, you know, there's some stories that I can think about. I mean, it's, it's interesting. This is sort of a different giving story. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've shared this with the congregation years ago, very briefly. Um, I was at a baseball game. And um, I happened to be sitting out in the outfield. And long story short, I caught a home run ball. Actually, it was hit by Ken Singleton playing for the Baltimore Orioles at the time. And um, there was a moment where I was walking out of the stadium. I had always wished as a kid that I would catch a foul ball or a home run ball. Wow. You know, I'm walking out of the stadium and I see this young child. I happened to be in college at the time. I see this young child walking with his dad and the Lord just prompted me to let go of that ball and just give that to this, to this boy. And I said, I reached down, I gave him the ball, said that Ken Singleton had hit this home run that I caught. I wanted him to have it, a complete stranger. And in that, that was a moment of being reminded that I don't own any of this. And there is a joy in actually releasing back to God that which he gives to us. So that's not a a money uh, kind of story, but that was a significant place where God reminded me of holding loosely to that which he's given me and the joy of being able to convey a gift to another. I don't know what impact or effect it had on that person, but I know what it had on me, moving me away from this legal approach to giving Hmm. to giving of ourselves, uh, you know, across, across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, that was a sacrifice, a sacrificial gift at that time, one prompted by the Holy Spirit, you know, for sure. So that's, that's just a quick example that comes to me as to when I saw a turning point in my own life. I love that story. I love that it's, um, because it's so, it so aptly illustrates the point that giving is just as much about our attitude and about our releasing Mm -hmm. as it is about their need or, um, you know, or, you know, their ask. Mm -hmm. And so I, yeah, I love that. Um, I remember, (laughs) this was several years ago, we were living in Florida and I happened to be able to get out of the house um, for a women's event. And we were sitting at a restaurant and there was probably know, 30 women sitting around several different tables. And mm-hmm. I don't even remember the names of the women, women I sat with, but I remember we were at the end of a table and it was three of us and we we're in this conversation. And somehow the conversation turned to tithing. And I was mm-hmm. like, what? <laughs> Who at a women's event talks about tithing? But what I witnessed in this conversation was this woman, this this one woman who was a mature believer in Christ, following the prompting of the Holy Spirit, talking with this other woman, and I happened to be the witness, right, Uh, who was new in Christ and having problems, like just struggling with the idea of, can I trust God with my money? 
Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here watching and, and witnessing this conversation and just was floored. Like that this was the conversation that this, that this new believer really needed at that moment. And mm-hmm. he put this mature follower of Christ in, in a, in a place where they could have that conversation yeah. an unusual place. Mm-hmm. Yes. And who knows what that led to, right? Exactly. That single conversation, right. Yeah. Or series of conversations that that happened to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty, it was pretty amazing. The second principle of give of kingdom giving is you mentioned it before. Giving is always about partnering and not just about transferring funds. It's not just about, okay, I, I need to give my tithe. I need to check the box. I need to do the right thing so that I'm in God's favor. It's about partnering. Mm. And, um, and David talked about tithes and offerings and, you know, tithing being a routine gift expected from God's people. Um, and then offerings being like a, maybe a one-time or a spontaneous gift, kind of the baseball. Yeah. Was an offering. Right. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And then he talked about the paradigm of ownership and membership versus the paradigm of stewardship and partnership. And he didn't get an opportunity to go into that very deeply. So I just want to flesh it out a little bit here with you. So what is your take on that ownership and membership program versus our paradigm versus the stewardship and partnership paradigm? Yeah, I, I mean, certainly you you know this, and this has been sort of an unfolding truth in my my own life. But this whole idea of ownership versus stewardship, and that's that's really where it can become problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, and and even in my life today, I can often think that I own these things. And the reality is, you know, what what we all really know when we pause is all of this is on loan to us. Mm-hmm. Any material thing that we have is on loan to us. And then the question is, how would God have us steward um, that which is on loan to us? So, so I think when we think about it in terms of God loaning to us and how graciously he loans to us in this country in particular, right? Mm, right. Incredibly, you know, rich country uh, where many of us participate in, 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 in that. But realizing that that we have been given a sacred honor of being able to partner with God and just return back a portion to him that he has entrusted to us. You know, whatever we decide before the Lord is the right portion. And of course, David talked a little bit about, you know, the tithe in the in, in the Old Testament. And um, I think when we understand that this is about stewardship, not ownership, when we understand this is about partnership, not membership. And, and I loved what David said just about this isn't about a club that we're a part of that we pay dues to. Mm-hmm. But really this and we've touched on this a little bit, this partnership with God to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I mean, that just begins to get me jazzed and excited about what it means to release. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the other interesting thing, Michelle, for for me over time is that I have found that 
as I release, God just pours more blessings. And we don't give to receive per se, yet that's what God provides. <laughs> and I'm certainly not saying that, boy, I give $10 and God gives me 100 right? But, but there is a gift and blessing just in the giving, just in the mm-hmm. returning, returning back to God. So I loved, and it was a challenge to me to hear, just to think more in terms of this is a partnership. Mm-hmm. with a holy God who's created each of us in his, in his image and given us this wonderful privilege of, of, of moving with him as he moves in us um, in, this, in this partnership, you know, of, of giving. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it, it is, uh, I love that. Because like a membership, it's, um, you know, you pay your dues and then you get privileges, Right. You know, you're privileged to, you know, swim in the swimming pool or go on the beach or, you know, be a part of the golf club, right? So that's kind of the membership um, paradigm. But a partnership is uh, participating. Like, I can't, you know, like, God has not called me to go overseas, but by giving my tithe to covenant, I am participating in overseas missions, in Middle East and North Africa, in, um, in Romania, in Jamaica, places I have never, ever been physically. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And actually, what, what I love about that and something that brought Kristen, my wife and I to, uh, you know, covenant years ago was, and David mentioned it, this commitment that 20% or 20 cents of every dollar that comes in immediately goes out to local and, you know, mission, uh, you know, worldwide. And that has been a longstanding commitment of covenant and, and one that we, we continue. And what I actually love is that within the last few years, many people may not know this, within the last few years, based on trustee initiative, um, now memorial gifts that we receive 20% of those memorial gifts are able to go back out to local mission and worldwide mm. mission. So, so it's giving across the board now that we've expanded that actually. And um, just how, how encouraging to have such a, a God's vibrant work through us, those stories that you're talking about in, in mm. our giving to the world. Yeah. And really it is about changed lives, isn't it? I mean, oh, this, yeah. our giving is about transforming lives that the spirit is transforming it's not just transactional it's transformational and i love again where we started this conversation is hearing more and more of the stories as to what difference our giving is making you know Mm -hmm. yeah and some people say oh well um 10 that seems like a lot of money and and you know I've heard a lot of different teaching on this and there's a lot of different philosophies on this. David said, yeah, your tithe should really go to the church, um, which I tend to agree with. Uh, I have also heard, you know, if you are, if you are not tithing right now, start small, Mm -hmm. start somewhere, right? Um, Can you trust God with 3%? Can you trust God with 5%? And, and then challenge yourself to increase that spending or that, that tithing, that giving by 1% every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have heard people um, talk about, you know, we started at 10% and we are, uh, we challenge ourselves to 
increase our giving by 1% every year. And now we're up to giving 30%, 35% of our income. And it's just so exciting to see how our investment in God's kingdom through our local church and through ministries throughout the, you know, throughout the U S and throughout the world is, has really, um, our, the investment has, has increased amazingly. And it's just, um, really blessed us and we don't find ourselves hurting in any way. Like we're still eating, we're still paying our mortgage. We're still, you know, paying our bills and yet we're, and, and, and we are able to give a significant amount of our income to, to giving. Mm. Now I will say Glenn and I are not there yet. <laughs> mm. Yes, but but you're touching on some really important truths, I think, and I want to emphasize those and also maybe add just just, you know, one or two, which, you know, the first thing you've said is that, hey, if this is new to you as a follower of Christ, just get started, just get started somewhere, you know, whether that's 1% or 3%, whatever it is that you determine before the Lord to give. And, and also this truth of what does it look like for our giving to increase? As we know, I mean, the Lord's giving to us appears to increase. I think it's always, you know, his, his gracious goodness and loving kindness pursuing us all the time. But then this principle again of, or this truth of how can we give more? Lord, show us where we have the resources to be able to, to give more. And I, I think for me, another turning point in, in Kristen's and my giving was really giving the first and best, which is actually going back to Cain and Abel, you know, um, in, in Genesis chapter four, uh, where, where Abel brought the best first fruits of what he had. And it actually says that Cain brought a few vegetables to God. I mean, if we just paraphrase that. And what, yeah. what we learned back then was that it's not only about getting started, it's about your first and best. So for us, it's been an important practice to write our tithe check before any amount comes out of, of you know, our um, earnings check, mm-hmm. our paycheck. That's just something that, again, it's reminded us that God gets back the first and best of that which he's entrusted to us. Mm-hmm. And then if you'd permit me, I mean, I love these. I think the, the verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 are so in- instructive. In fact, really the whole chapter uh, in regard to giving. But this is what Paul says to the Corinthian church. Uh, remember this, uh, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Aren't these great words, by the way? This is from the New Living Testament. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And actually, that's God loves a hilarious giver, you know, one who's giving and just laughing all the way in their giving. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. I mean, that's just a, just a section in chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians, which is just a wonderful example of, of God's giving mm-hmm. uh, to us. And then how, how he um, opens us this privilege of, of us giving to others. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I think um, as you were reading those scriptures, a a couple of things came to mind. One is um, over COVID, I listened to um, 
shoot, now I want to look on my phone, but it, they're on Hoopla and they're missionary biographies. And they're really for mm. like grades three through six, like mm. readers. Um, mm. And I loved listening to those because for, for several reasons. One, because like these missionaries from, um, you know, from the first missionary movement back in the 1700s, the 1800s, mm. um, you know, they faced some significant, significant hurdles and, and difficulties. Um, and so in the midst of COVID, when I'm feeling like uh, so stressed, it's like so helpful to have perspective, historical mm. perspective. I'm not the first one to, to face emotional difficulties or mental difficulties. Um, mm. But then also just the trust of God, um, God's provision. Mm. Um, and there was one, and I wish I could remember the title of it, but they're, they're published by YWAM, by Youth mm. with a Mission. So it's YWAM Publishing. If you just look on Hoopla, which is an app on my phone from the library, um, you, can, mm. you can just look up YWAM Publishing, Y-W-A-M, and you should be able to find this whole series. There's probably 40 of them. And they're from like uh, William Carey, you know, Hudson Taylor, who went to China, mm. William Carey went to Southeast Asia, to Mary Slusser, who went to Africa, um, all of these. And, and, their, and their trust in God's provision. Mm. And one of them talks about that very thing of God will prompt them to give. God will prompt them to give. And he was told as he was going through the churches in England, you need to give them, you need to ask right that night on Sunday night, when you're giving your talk, you need to ask for, for, for people to give because otherwise they're not going to give. Mm -hmm. And so he tried that and he would get, you know, a few, uh, you know, a few hundred dollars maybe. And he was like, this isn't, this isn't right. This is not what God is calling me to do. This is not how God is calling me to ask for people to support financially support my ministry. So he mm. quit pressuring them. And like God provided a hundredfold mm. from, you know, two or three people would send him money in the, in the mail the next week or stop him on the street the next week and say, God prompted me to give you thousands. Wow. Yeah. And, and it's like, Oh, that's interesting that yeah. you know, it all goes back to we have to follow god's call yes we have to trust god's provision yeah well those i mean those are very interesting stories actually from the standpoint of i think if, if anybody's been a part of the covenant family for any period of time you would have to confirm how understated we are when talking about giving <laughs> <laughs> that that we are we are pretty understated. So you know, even David's sermon on on this this past Sunday is it, it in truth I can't remember the last time there was a sermon where we talked about about giving. And what I find interesting about that to the to the point of you know asking people on Sunday evenings and then letting that go and seeing what God brought in. I mean I do think that we probably as a church can talk more about the gift and privilege. Uh, and responsibility that we have in, in, mm -hmm. in giving. 
And yet, you know, as we've heard a number of times before, the Covenant family has been so gracious uh, in their in their giving over the over the years. And I think particularly when we are clear on where is God leading, what is the vision, what is that going to cost financially, um, just how responsive, uh, you know, people have been. So so perhaps in our understatedness, you know, the spirit obviously continues to continues to work in regard to uh, to giving. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think if there was something else that, oh, I, I think too, it's a little bit different. Something you said earlier prompted this is that, and this is a challenge to me right now, I need to go back and, and do this. But, you know, for those who have budgets or spending plans, really just prayerfully walking through that and saying, hey, based on where we've slotted our different amounts of of money for what does that say about our priorities Hmm. what does that say about our relationship with 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 jesus and then to just invite god into that to say god what do you want to show me in light of where our money is currently going and how might you have us uh change or or shift that Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that might just be a practical thing for people to, to consider and something that I'm challenged to go back and, and do as well. Yeah. Yeah. One last comment I think I want to make Glenn and I were talking about the sermon, um, Sunday afternoon and I was, I was driving him to the airport Yeah. and, uh, you know, one of the illustrations David mentioned was when, when you when anyone from, from covenant tithes to covenant, right? They're involved in the lives of staff mm. in a very tangible way. And yet, uh, like something we don't really think about, right? Like, and his illustration was, you know, we're able to pay our electric bill because of your giving. We are able to pay, you know, to have cars because of your giving. We're able to have a place to live because of your giving. And, um, and Glenn said, you know, really the most, that is important. Yes. The reality is we give, um, we give to covenant to free up your time. So you don't have to work another job to pay the mortgage, to pay the electricity bill, to pay for your car, to pay for your children's tuition or or school expenses. We tithe in order to free up your time to minister, to lead ministry, Um, you know, for Tom to lead the Shalom for the City ministry that ministers to Murdoch Elementary School. He leads the volunteers who, you know, who are helping in our community for Brentley to lead our volunteers who are leading our small groups for, uh, to free David's time up to, to prepare the messages, to free your time up, to help with managing the staff and to, uh, you know, manage the budget and to manage the facility and, um, free my time up to write the (laughs) e-news. To do yeah. these Facebook lives to yeah. keep us all connected, and so I it just that I think is more compelling than just to oh yeah they need to pay their mortgage. <laughs> yeah, I love that, and, I, and and two things. I mean, I think that that and, and you know this that that was one of David's way. I think Sunday of just saying thank you, congregation. Mm-hmm. These are some of the practical ways that this helps your staff, supports your staff, extends love to your staff. 
which I liked. And then I love the conversation that you and Glenn had, that it really is about opening up time for us as a staff to be engaged in kingdom ministry in partnership with God, certainly, and in partnership with the covenant family. Mm -hmm. So I love that picture of tithes and offerings open up time for a staff team to be engaging in kingdom purposes. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's very humbling, you know, and I think David, David indicated that, you know, very humbling to uh, receive so graciously, quite frankly, from, Mm -hmm. from this congregation, as I think our congregation sees that these are God's resources, not our own. Uh, and the privilege and the joy of just releasing back to God that which he's already given to us. Amen. Yeah. Amen. amen. And I think that um, I'm just going to mention the third principle because I feel like I need to mention it and then we're going to close. Great. um, We've gone on quite a long, quite much longer than I thought we would. (laughs) Well, I don't know who that's on the you or me. Uh, yeah. So the third principle is that whatever we give or receive horizontally, we give and receive vertically. And I just want to share quick the, um, the picture. So if you're listening on the podcast, you're going to have to get on Facebook or on our blog to see this photo. Um, but the picture of giving, and you can kind of see the triangle here that the Philippian church is giving to God and God is providing for the Philippian church. Paul is receiving provision from God and giving gratitude to God. And the Philippian church is showing their concern for Paul um, through their giving. And Paul is giving gratitude to the Philippian church. And so that's, it's that triangle of um, it's, you know, it's one thing to give to someone and partner with that person. And it's another thing to add God to that partnership. Yeah. So much going on in our giving financially. Uh, so much going on. I love that that's where we, where we end today, just in seeing that holistic picture of what giving looks like and the incredible privilege that we have to receive from the Lord so graciously and then to give generously graciously and hilariously back to the lord hilariously hilariously (laughs) thank you andrew for spending some time with us today yes this has been so encouraging actually wow i've loved this conversation so thank you thank you all right well have a great rest of your day and thank you for joining us whether you've been watching us live or recorded or listening to the podcast we appreciate you being here and um We will see you next week.